Hello, everyone. Today I'm here with Melody Graves, and I'm really excited about our conversation because Melody's going to talk us through some of the experiences that she's had and really share with us some of the ways that she's overcome some trials and tribulations and give us some insight as far as how can we can all overcome our own trials and tribulations. So today, again, with me is Melody Graves. Welcome, Melody. Hello. Hello, my friend. How are you? I am good. It's so good to have you here. Yes, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so I, Melody and I, we've known each other for quite some time now, I believe since 2004. So it's been, it's been a minute. <laughs> it has a long, a good ride. <laughs> so kind of, I'd just love for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Give us some of your stories and background, where you've been, where you're at now. What's up with you, Melody? All right. So um, again, I am Melody Graves. I am a single parent of one son, Ashton. He is my heart. Um, currently, I serve as the um, Associate Director of Advising at a community college here in Amarillo, Texas. Um, that's my day job, I always tell people. And by night, I am a community activist. So in the community, I'm actively serving on about nine different nonprofit boards right now. And I want to be the glue that kind of brings all these resources together to make my community better. I think that that's really what my calling is, is to um, empower the people who have been left voiceless and figure out how we can make them prosper and not just work on survival. I love that. I love how you just, yeah, help them prosper and not just work on survival. And I mean, everything that you just said, you know, bringing people together and you being the glue. I mean, you are, you're so good at that, just creating connections and bringing people together. So, okay, nine different nonprofit boards. How do you even have time for that in addition to your full-time job and yeah, being Ashton's mom? Like, how does that even, how do you even fit that in? Right. It's, um, I would say that it's time management, but I would be lying because I'm horrible at time management. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, there's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of long, long, long days, but I know that in the end, the payoff is going to be good. So um, self-care sometimes, um, decompressing sometimes. And what I'm learning now is that there's a time when it's good, it's good to decompress. And I usually go past that time, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, oh no, I'll deal with it. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then finally it's like, I'm about to blow up and it's like, you better decompress or you're going to explode. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's such a huge, I mean, oh my goodness, you've already said so many things that we could talk forever about, but I mean, just even that recognition, that recognition of when you need to decompress, when you need to step away, when you need to just stop instead of we're in the space in our society, it's like push, push, push. I got to get through. I got to do the next thing. And so you being able to recognize that before you get to the explode part, right? Or before the meltdown. And that's such a huge sign of growth because I think we can both admit to times where we, we didn't recognize that so much. <laughs> so, so what do you think helped get you to that point? I mean, was it just, you had to go through it so many times with all the stressors or? I think that was it. It was just like, um, cause there are so many stressors and so many things that bring you down. And, you know, I've suffered from depression and anxiety for a very long time. And so when I got medicated and realized that the medicine still wasn't working to help me decompress, it was like, okay, you have to, you have to set these healthy boundaries and I'm horrible about boundaries, um, but you have to set these healthy boundaries if you want to be able to affect the change that you know that you're capable 
Uh, yeah. And I mean, I think like we're kind of having a big reframing too for people about even looking at what boundaries are, you know, instead of, you know, it really is exactly what you said. You're protecting your energy. And if we don't start to look at it like that, you cannot give the time and energy from a, a, a true place when you are so depleted. Right. So like recognizing that those boundaries for yourself and for your energy then do allow you to go forward and be the glue in those other spaces like you talked about. Exactly. Uh, people used to say, well, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I had no idea what that meant. I was like, I don't pour from a cup. I'm just, you know, I'm just me and I'm just doing this. And then I started to see, I started to experience that exhaustion. You know, uh, I sat through a training the other day and it's like how it's, we've changed pre-COVID and pre-George Floyd murder. And so now this is kind of where we are and how do we continue to advocate, but do that in a healthy way? Because racial battle fatigue, that is, that is real, you know, and mental fatigue, all of those things are real. So, and what I had to realize was that I was worthy and important enough to take care of myself on this journey so that I could help other people. And I'm very transparent about my journey through all of it, because I want people to see me and see that I'm not perfect. I struggle but I don't stay in that, in that mess. You know, I try and pick myself up and I try and dust myself off. And sometimes I just fake it till I make it. But in that, I'm still getting to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. You know, you have been through so many different things. I mean, and obviously being on in, uh, nine different boards, you really have your hands in so many different situations within your community then that you're trying to navigate. So, you know, what are some of the most difficult things? Like talk to us a little bit about some of the boards or some of the experiences that you've had that you, you are kind of working through. Um, right now, I think the biggest one is that I serve as the president for the North Heights Advisory Association. And in that we are trying to uh, rezone our neighborhood and our neighborhood has not been rezoned in, um, sorry. Our neighborhood has not been rezoned in over 60 years. And so the change that we're trying to bring about, um, it's brought about a lot of people to fight against um, the process and to fight against the vision. Uh, what I've learned is that it's hard when you have a vision and nobody else shares that vision, but you have to continue to push because you know that your vision is inclusive of what's good for society and what's good for everybody and not just one person. So I think that's probably the hardest battle. And you know, you want to be the person that's liked. And what I've learned is that in leadership, people are just not going to like you. And in that dislike, they're going to say things that hurt your feelings. And they're going to try and tear down your character and make you, I mean, to the point that even sometimes you're like, am I that person? But then you have to be, you know, you come back to reality and you're like, no, that's not who I am. That's not what I stand for. And you have to constantly be reminding yourself of what your goal is. You know, my goal is to make sure that others are okay, period, whatever that takes. And I, I mean, I just hearing you talk and having known you for so long, I know what a journey it was to even be able to get you to say these things and to sit at this point, because you yourself, you had to set those boundaries and you had to recognize where your energy was going and you had to recognize what you said that you were worthy and deserving of having that space. And if you hadn't gotten to that space, I don't know that all of the, kind of the stuff that's been said about you or to you in these leadership roles that you're now in 
think it would have been so much more challenging. Whereas now you can kind of own those spaces a little bit more because you do know your worth. Right. And, and knowing your worth, I think that's something that we have to work on every day because, you know, one day I may wake up and I'm like, man, I'm worthy, but then life will beat you down that day. And the next day you have to, we wake up and you say, I just don't know, you know, but you have to have that inner voice that's saying no matter the day, no matter the situation or the circumstance, you are worthy. And, um, I think that that takes a lot of healing, you know, cause then life we go through so much, you know, being, thinking that you're on top of your game and then being knocked down and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just, it's a process that we all have to go through. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, um, you know, give us an example of some things that, you know, you feel like really brought you to this moment where you knew that you had to do these things, you know, as far as like the social justice stuff or how I had to like find my worth kind of. Oh, I mean, all of it and any of it, whatever you want to share. (laughs) I think um, on a personal level, I knew that I was drowning, you know, and because I was drowning, I had to figure out how I was going to save myself because at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. You know, when I did my TED talk, I talked a lot about your squad and those are the people who you choose to have around you. But at the end of the day, they can only do so much. At some point, it becomes you coming up out of the dust and saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. I can remember being younger and always being so self-conscious about myself and my weight and the way that I looked and all this other stuff. And now I'm at a point where I don't care what you say, you know, somebody is going to love me. And until I find that person that is going to love me, that I'm going to be okay being by myself. You know, and it comes, it just comes a time when you get to that point. I can remember sitting in a doctor's office and I just started crying saying, you know, when am I going to be okay? When am I going to feel better? And he said, at some point, you're just going to have to decide you want to feel better. And I'm like, you know, I was so angry at him for saying that. But now in hindsight, I understand what he was saying. You know, we can give you the medicine to make you, to make your brain do A, B, and C but you have to wake up every day and make a conscious decision to say, this is what I'm going to do because I love me. And that's one thing that I have never really been able to say is that I love myself and I love me. You know, I I lead with my heart. I fight to the last breath in my body. I will go and go and go and go because I believe that I just want somebody to say, because of you, I didn't give up because of you, I know that I can do better. And so, I mean, that's, that's just what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the political part of it or the activism part of it, after um, I watched the George Floyd murder, I don't, know what it, I don't know what it did to me. I don't know if it was because I'm a single mother. I don't know what it was, but it was just something in me that says, you have to start fighting. You've been fighting, but you've just kind of been fighting all these battles, but now you have to fight this particular battle because you have a son, you know, Mm -hmm. a black son in America with all these boundaries and roadblocks that are already set up against him. And so that became my motivating factor because then I started to see other people and their kids had the same kind of issues. You know, when we talk about COVID and people wanting to wear masks or anti-maskers and things like that, it's like, you have to jump in that fight because you have to do what's best for everybody and not just for you. And I think people lose that sometimes. It's just me, 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 me. But you have to look at it holistically. 
Yeah. And that's what's so interesting is like, cause yes, we're saying take care of yourself. You have to be about yourself. You have to be about your own needs. You have to know your value. You have to know your worth, but it's like, don't let that then take into, Oh, just me, just me. I'm the only thing I'm concerned about. Right. It's like, no, you do that. So you can lead from your authentic self. So you can't, you don't put your shit onto anyone else. Right. In part, <laughs> but then also so that you can really be in this other space and recognize like, okay, I've gone through this, or this is where I've hurt, or this is the stumbling blocks I had. And it, once you're healing from that, you do start to see, oh, okay, this other person's hurting in this way. This person's hurting in that way. And it becomes so much more about how do we all come together and heal and go forward as opposed to the me, 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 and this is where I'm at. You know, so it's like, you know, not sending the message, like it's all about you. It's about you figuring out your stuff so that you can then be present for other people in a more authentic way. Exactly. Completely agree with that. Yes. And it's sometimes that journey is, that journey is something that will, you feel like it will break you. Like it will just destroy you. But in the end, when you get through it and you look back at it, you're like, okay, that's what, that's why, that's why. And I think that, that that's the point that I'm kind of at right now, a little bit older, not too old, you know, I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> but I am a little bit older and I can look back at situations that I believe were meant to destroy me. And I can stand here stronger than ever and say, Hey, I made it through that. But even more importantly, because I made it through that, anybody can make it through that. And I love that, that you're so tra transparent about that. And that's part of this for me, you know, as you know, is just really being open about the fact that we, we all have these issues. Like, I love the fact that you state very clearly that you have had experience with depression and anxiety and that you have had medication. And I think even that, especially in the black community is something that is so important to continue to talk about mental health and to continue to raise that awareness of instead of it having be something that is in secrecy or something that people are seen as weak or less than somehow, if they ex express those struggles, you know, it's like, just because you're expressing a struggle doesn't mean that you're, it's always a cry for help sometimes it is but sometimes it's like a no I'm trying to show you that this is where I'm at so you can see a piece of yourself or so that you can feel a little less alone and you're so good about um doing that for so many people I hope so I hope that at the end of my life um that that's what people remember you know like I know it sounds kind of cliche but I want my dash to remember to mean something to somebody the things that I've gone through and the things that I've suffered through I want those things to be um inspiration to other people that hey well if melody made it through then i'm gonna do my best and i can make it through you know mm -hmm. no amount of money no kind of nice cars ideal positions can top the feeling of somebody saying i, I did it i did it because you told me i could you know when I was um, working the voting polls and people came in and they're like, I'm just here because you were on the commercial and you said I needed to vote. Uh, I don't know what to do, but I know you're going to guide me. You know, those types of things, those mean so much to me because it's like people are listening, you know, and when you see the fruits of your labor, it's like, okay, so it wasn't in vain. You know, it was, it was hard. I wanted to give up, but now I know that it was not in vain. Well, and I think there's such an important aspect to your advocacy and what you're trying to do as well, because just even your encouragement of people like the students that you work with as well, 
it's not you trying to seek their external validation. It's not like, oh, I'm doing this. So people will be like, oh, Melody, you're so awesome. That's, that, that's meaningless to you. People tell you you're great all the time, but it's for you. It's that when people feel that transformation or when they, you've sparked action for them or, or you have, you've seen them in a way or you've made them think about something. Then when they come to you and say, thank you, that's where that meaning is for you, right? Because that is your purpose is bringing those connections and things. And I just think that's so important to talk about because so often, you know, um, when you are in advocacy work, especially like it isn't a glamorous job, you know, you're not getting all these accolades or people. And so I know you're saying it like this happens all the time and it happens very frequently to you, but it's not like it's like all throughout the day, you know, you know, you, those are the things that help keep you, like you say, going forward when at times you are maybe a little bit more stressed or depleted. And I think that that's an important thing to say too, because all of us can do that for the people who have helped inspire us, right? We can all then go on and tell them or thank them and be like, Hey, I don't know if you know that you did this for me and recognizing that that's part of how we all heal and keep that energetic exchange going too, in a positive way is by really being transparent about the people who have helped us get where we are or who help us every day, your squad or whatever it is. <laughs> Exactly. I think that you have to give credit where credit is due. And for any of us to say that we got here all by ourselves, I think that does a disservice to the people that helped you, the people that carried you when you couldn't walk and the people that dried your tears when you were crying and the people that laughed with you when you were happy and rejoiced with you when you won. You know, you have to pay tribute to all of those people and you have to constantly let them know like, I'm here because you believed in me. You know, like I was definitely one of those kids that it took a community to raise. I came from a great family, but when I stepped outside of that household, you know, it was people in the community that would not allow me to act crazy because not only would they tell my parents, but they would get mad and they would do something too, you know? And and that's where we've gotten away from. So we have a generation of kids who are just hurting. They're hurting, they're broken. And people don't have time to stop for just a second and say, how are you doing? You know, uh, this weekend we were at the store and I just wanted to go in and get stuff done. Well, my mom wanted to talk to everybody she saw. You know, we walk up behind this lady. She's I got to tell her her jacket's amazing. And I'm like, mama, we don't have time for that. And they stopped and talked for probably about, I'd say almost 20 or 30 minutes. And I'm like... And she's like, I just had to tell her, you know, and then they start sharing stitching patterns. And then her husband walks up and he's like, well, those were made from my jeans. And, you know, but it just became this opportunity that a lot of people would have missed because they're just worried about the hustle and bustle. And, you know, and I did th those types of things really stick out to me. Just taking time, just stopping and saying, hey, let me let me talk with you. Let's let's talk about it. Well, and I know like, it's so funny to hear you say that about your mom, because you know, Ashton has thought the same thing about you. <laughs> and like my kids have said the same thing about me. <laughs> so it's just, but it is, you're right. You know, it's like you're giving somebody space to, and you're recognizing them. Hey, I like your jacket. Hey, I like your earrings. Or hey, sometimes it's something superficial, like they're wearing or what have you, right? but everybody likes to feel like somebody else is seeing them in some way, right? And so that's what it is. And it's so funny because I know you feel this too, like anytime you have those interactions, you walk away feeling so good. Like I bet your mom felt so good. And I went to this lady at the store. And then that 
carries throughout your day. So just even that, even that recognition of like, yeah, if I take this space, if I take this five minutes and I give it this way, or I, I put it over here, or I talk to this person, you know, how often do you really regret doing that? Right. You never do. You should never, never, even if, even if you guys are disagreeing about something, you know, like it's, it's always a wholesome feeling when you walk away knowing, you know, I just interacted with this person and we had a, a good disagreement, you know, cause all of them don't have to be bad disagreements, you know, like, especially with the time right now with politics and things like that, people are just ready to argue, but if you show them how to be positive, despite everything that everybody says that we have to be negative to each other, I think that's half the battle is already won. Yeah, I love that. And I, you you also are so good at that. And I, this is a difficult space. It's a difficult space to stay positive instead of just letting the anger fuel you. You know, all there's anger everywhere. Everybody's emotions are way at the top, you know. So it, it's so much easier to be angry or to lash out. So how, what do you do? How do you manage that feeling? Because obviously you have feelings of anger and frustration. You know, what do you do with that? What's that look like for you? I mean, um, I think we all deal with that. Um, for me, I like to, I have to deal with my anger internally because my mom taught me at an early age that when you say words, you can't take those back. There's no amount of I'm sorry that's going to take those words back. So I try to be extremely mindful. And some people think, you know, well, they're just going to run over me because I don't react right then, you know, and, and I have practiced where I don't react in the moment of anger, you know, because I know that in that moment, I may say something and I can't come back and say, hey, you know, I'm really sorry for that. Because even when you say I'm sorry, they're still going to remember what you said, you know, it doesn't take those words away. So being very mindful, um, I'm attempting to do like uh, mindful breathing exercises and things like that. Um, and it really, whenever somebody does anger me, I really want to dissect why I'm angry about that. Is it um, because we're having a difference of opinion? Is it because you talk condescendingly to me? What exactly is it about what you just said or did that made me so angry? And then I have to evaluate it for myself, right? And say, okay, well, maybe I'm just being too sensitive. You know, maybe that's just who they are. And being able to accept that and say, okay, that's just who you are. That's fine. You know, I can deal with that, but you're also going to respect me in the way that we interact and in the way that we um, converse with each other. And I think that people don't do that. They think that if we're angry, I have to let you walk all over me or I have to let you talk down to me, but you don't. You have to set those positive boundaries that say we're both adults. And in that, we are going to communicate with each other like adults would. Hey, I hope you're loving this episode with Melody. She's been in my life for so long, and I truly feel honored to have her on the podcast with me. Can you take a moment and share this episode with someone who may need a little inspiration from Melody's story and strength? I'd love to have more people listening to the podcast that could benefit from the stories, conversation, and wisdom shared here. Now let's continue with this episode with Melody Graves. Yeah. Uh, that's so, so much good stuff there too. Like, like you said, evaluating for yourself and just the recognition and the mindfulness of that, you know, that is so much of it. Okay. Why am I angry right now? Is it this person? Is it the situation? Is it the tone? Is it my previous relational experiences? Is it because I didn't sleep? Is it because I'm mad at somebody else? You know, like really why? And I think that's a key there that so often we don't do, you know, we just go for that reaction. We go for that. 
or we think we're mad at somebody without asking ourselves why like okay great identify the feeling ask yourself where it comes from and but really ask yourself where it comes from you know like be a little honest with yourself there which can be uncomfortable but then also yeah in especially when you're you're saying like okay evaluating it for yourself, but then deciding whether or not you're going to accept the behavior, accept the person or where the boundaries are for you, because you're right. We have to have relationships with people that we're not always going to see eye to eye with, or we're not always even going to like, you know, or, or want to be around. Right. So it's like, how do we manage those spaces and negotiate that when, when we have feelings of anger or frustration and you just gave people so many good ideas for how to do that. It's being mindful. It's paying attention to your breathing. It's recognizing where those feelings come from. And then it's also, I think, recognizing that so often when we do go to that reactive place, you know, you don't feel just like we feel good about that grocery store conversation we talked about earlier. When we go to a reactive place, we don't walk away feeling good most of the time, or maybe in a moment you do, but then you reflect on it later and you're like, oh, that's what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, been there many a times. (laughs) But I think like that's part of it too, is recognizing that all of it is such a process and then giving yourself grace because, you know, you talk a lot about in your other work, you know, recognizing people for where they are and forgiveness and, you know, not faulting people for the things that they say, but then also turning that back on yourself and giving yourself the grace and the forgiveness if you, if, you know, when, when you have a bad day or whatever it is. And I think we all need work on that. I've seen so many people that will not give themselves grace to have a bad day, you know, and I'm like, we all have them, you know, like sometimes they just go on and on for weeks, you know, but you need to give yourself the grace to be like, okay, this is my, this is my season of transition and mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to cry. I'm going to fuss. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to overeat. And at the end of this week, I'm going to still love who I am and I'm going to rebuild and push forward because so many people count on us. You know, so many people are counting on me to be there for them. And because of that, I have to do whatever it's going to take, whatever it's going to take to make sure that I'm there. And sometimes that's not being the most positive person in the world. And sometimes it's not being the life of the party. Sometimes I just want to put my head down and I just want to be Melody that works for a community college and go to work every day and go home. But other days I have other days I'm like, this is who I am. And this is who, you you know, I want you to I want to be your friend and I want you to accept me and I want you to love me and like me and all these things it's okay to have both of those you know because some you have to have one to appreciate the other is what I think yeah no it is okay to have both of those I mean it's like you can't recognize you know the light unless you've had the darkness or you know there's a million different ways to say that right but it it's the idea you know even with the emotionality aspect all of it it's like you're not going to just feel one sort of way there are multiple you're a very nuanced you know person with many complexities so it's i think we need to have that conversation too let's stop thinking that it's going to look one way or that we're only ever going to feel one thing and instead talk about the ways that we have complex emotions you're going to feel different things all at the same time right And it doesn't mean, you know, because sometimes otherwise we get in the space where we then honor one emotion over another because it's the one we're comfortable with. Right. Yes. And that's never that's never a good thing. You know, I always thought that if I asserted myself and I spoke up for myself, well, people were going to think I was a bitch and didn't want to be around me. 
And then I started advocating for people that didn't have a voice. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be that bitch today. But you got <laughs> that I'm standing for something for somebody, you know? But I mean, it took a while to get there, you know? Like I'm in my forties now. And I can remember a time when I saw injustices happen right in front of me and I didn't say anything. And now if you know me, if it happens in front of me, like I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna go live on Facebook, I'm gonna talk about it because that's how we got to this point is that enough people weren't talking about it. Enough people weren't bringing it to light because we were scared, you know, such and such is not gonna like me or what's my employer gonna say or, you know, and it gets to a point where I have some non-negotiables, period, you know? racism is a non-negotiable thing period we will not do that you know self-hatred non-negotiable putting other people's down non-negotiable those are things that i see and i will not tolerate that i mean and and maybe it's i'm getting that way with age but i just feel like that's that's those are the things that are important i think that that's you know it's also coming you came to that understanding for yourself and even before you came to that understanding for yourself you were kind of like ready to speak out for other people or speak up for other people so i also think that that's so interesting too is that as you've grown grown stronger for yourself and feeling that worthiness your voice for other people has become stronger too you know and so even though it was always there a little bit it's just growing and growing because you have that a different base too that you're drawing from you know not only all the self-care things that we've talked about but drawing from that base of power and of those times when maybe you didn't say something and you wanted to or drawing from those situations and recognizing what that feels like in those spaces so then when you go to help other people or stand up or speak out it's because you're trying to prevent other people from feeling that way that you've also felt too exactly that is, that is the thing you know I feel like if we go through a situation and we don't learn from it in a way that we can teach other people to learn from it then we kind of went through it in vain you know my goal is to deal with this and to create a framework for how you can deal with it you know, so that when you're presented with it, you're like, oh, okay, well, Melody said I needed to be mindful and I need to think before I speak out. You know, if, if we can just get one person to do that, you know, I mean, we can change the world because when we say we just want one person, what happens is that it becomes a community of people that get it. And then they take that message out and they spread it out. And the next thing you know, the teachings that you gave one person has now become widespread and you become the foundation of that change that you just, you just wanted. Yeah. And I mean, I love that your framework, it just only continues to solidify every time I talk to you too. And it's just becoming something where people really can take those steps and understand ways to keep themselves whole, you know, and to also really then be able to give back to other people. So given that this is kind of, you know, your platform and where you're going with things, what would you say to people who are like, no, there's only, you have to be, get angry. You have to be out there because we've tried being nice or we've tried, you know, being inclusive and there's no space for that. You know, how, how do you have that conversation with people? I think, um, I think you have to validate their feelings first. I understand why you're mad. I understand why you want to proceed like this. I understand what Malcolm X said when he said by any means necessary, but I also understand that there's a point in time for all of that. And what we have to do is we have to, as activists, as people that want change, you have to be able to determine what time it is. You know, sometimes people want you, people deserve for you to be angry and you have to approach them that way, but you always be respectful. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we lose, you know, because whenever I get mad, I can't think straight. I'm going to say whatever comes to mind, but you have to put yourself in these situations to where at the end of the day, you said, I handled that as a respectful person and it's going to be okay. You know, and I think saying that you're not going to be angry, you know, I've been called um, the N word numerous times and automatically I'm like, let me get mad. Let me go back to this. Let me do this. But I can't do that because the instant that I react to them as a mad person, they say, oh, well, you fit the stereotype anyway, so you must be them. So you have to be mindful and it's a journey. (laughs) If I said it was easy, then I would be lying, but it is a process that you have to go through. You have to determine, do you really want change or do you want that performative activism that just Mm -hmm. makes you feel good in that moment? I want my activism to last and last and last forever. I wanted to be changing generations for my son's generations, for his kids' generations. And that type of change has to be where you acknowledge this is the time that I need to be angry, but this is how I do it. This is the time that I need to give grace, but this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think understanding that and being comfortable with um, on that playground, kind of knowing when to change and when not to, I think that that's extremely important. No, agreed. And also being uncomfortable, you've said this in a couple different ways with the fact that not everybody is going to like you. And that's that's hard, you know, or being uncomfortable or not uncomfortable, being okay with the fact that sometimes it is going to be uncomfortable or there are going to be those situations where it, it's difficult, but being transparent about that as well. I think like you do such a good job again of letting people know that all of this space, it's difficult or it's hard or it can be exhausting, but the reward you get from that when you're doing it in the way you are, which is from an authentic place, you're not doing it for the external validation or for people to tell you how awesome you are, but you are doing it because you really want the world to be better. You want there to be more inclusive spaces. You want people to walk around and feel like they are valuable members of society. And this is so much a part of what you do for the college students too. You know, they're showing up, coming to you, and a lot of them haven't been given these chances for a variety of reasons, you know, academically, socially, financially, whatever it is, they have had disadvantages, they have had hardships, and you're like the first line that comes and encourages them. So I just, I first of all, want to thank you for being that for other people, but then also I want to um, just kind of ask you what do you think is the is the thing that other people can do? You know, say somebody's not in a role like you where they can do this at work or say they're not like, they think they're not an advocate or they don't want advocate, advocate, <laughs> activist, the advocate. I don't know what I just said there, but you know, say they're not that. What are some things that you would just tell anybody who, you know, wants to make the collective a little bit better? I think it's important that they lead from where they are. Um, you cannot, everybody's not going to be the, a top leader. Nobody, everybody's not going to be a CEO, but I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care if you own the company, you lead from where you are and, and you do that by putting your heart first and, and following that, you know, and I think that, that everything will catch up to it in due time. And I know that in due time, it's hard to, to wait. And, you know, it's that season that we have to go through, but good things come to those that wait and it's not going to be instant but I guarantee you that it will come if you take the initiative to start advocating or to start leading you're not going to move to the top immediately but there are still people that need you to lead and advocate from where you are 
And so that's what you have to grasp. And that's what people have to understand is like the title doesn't make me a leader. The position that I'm in right now and what I do in that position is what makes me a leader. Yeah, that yeah, the the what you do is what makes you a leader. Yep. And you're also leading by example in so many ways. Um, and so given that, you know, you've talked a little bit about how you have to decompress and how you have to have self-care. So what would you tell us all are some things that you act, what does that look like for you? How do you actually keep yourself whole, Melody? Oh gosh. Um, I think, oh gosh, from day to day, I think it changes. Um, I know that the past week has been a really hard week. It feels like the enemy has just been trying to attack me. So, I mean, it, for me, it's as easy as going to the car wash and on my way there, you know, I was listening to all my gospel music. You'd have thought I was going to win a stellar award the way I was singing like Tamala man, you know, but in that moment, I was just able just to be me, you know, maybe I can sing, maybe I can't, maybe I'll hit the note, maybe I won't, but none of that mattered because in that time it was just like, this is what I need. You know, and so that's one of the ways that I do, but also positive interactions. You have to surround yourself with positive people and you have to surround yourself with people that don't just listen when you talk, but they listen when you don't talk, mm -hmm. you know, so if, cause a lot of people that are strong, we have a hard time verbalizing when something's going on with us, you know, like you could be having the worst day of your life and people will look at you, you got a smile on your face and they're like, she's fine. But on the inside, you're just being you know, tormented and you want to break down and cry, but those people in your squad that are meant to be there, they can hear you scream when you're not screaming. They can hear it through your smile. And, and I think that that's what you have to do. And positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. I meet so many young women who are broken. And my first assignment for them is get you a stack of sticky notes. And I want you to encompass every area that you're with, with these sticky notes. And these sticky notes need to have positive notes on them, you know, and it could be something as small as you are enough or you are beautiful or a Bible verse that rings well to them or something. But it just has to be that constant reminder. Then you get to a point where the constant reminders are in your head because it becomes part of your being. And then you start to see some progress. But you have to tell them it's got to be grace. And I think that's what people don't want to do. We, we do not want to give ourselves grace. And so it starts there. It starts with the grace, then the positive people around you, and then the positive affirmations that you continue to put inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you want to sing the Tamla Man song while you're at the car wash, hey, you do you, you know, because in that, that's, that's you becoming whole again. And that's what you have to do. That's the goal is to become whole. Yeah. And I love, you know, I hope that people are really listening because nothing you just said costs any money. You know, even the post-it, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be post-it brand. Okay. It can be, <laughs> we are not sponsored by post-it, but Hey, throw, throw some cash if you want to sponsor, <laughs> but nothing that you said, those are all feasible things, you know, and there became such a space too, where we thought about self-care, everybody thought it was like massages or go and get your nails done, which I mean, go get those things done too, but, but dial it back in and recognize that it's about what we can do for ourselves every day. How are you caring for yourself in those small ways, right? How are you nurturing yourself? And I think too, it's really giving yourself permission to do that somewhere along the way, we decided we didn't need to care for ourselves, I guess. I'm not sure. So really just, yeah, you give people permission to tap into that space. And it's so valuable, I think. Yes. And if nothing else, I want to be that person. I want to be that person that listens. I want to be that person that says, 
you're not having a good day, you know? And, and people find it so weird because I grew up in the church, you know? And so through that journey, I mean, a lot has changed, but if somebody comes in my office and they're crying, my instant thing is, let me pray for you. And somebody was like, you can't do that here. And I'm like, why can't I do that here? You know, because it's like, it's so much bigger than I am. And some people I want to pray with them, but some people I just want to encourage them in a different way, but it's all about listening to what they need. They're their soul will tell you what they need without even them saying anything. And I think that it's just important to be in tune with that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just so grateful that they have you because I think that that's the thing is that people do want that. And the people that come to you, they need that. So the fact that you can really see them and that just goes back to everything that you're saying, you know, even your mom stopping that woman in the grocery store, it's, it's taking the time to see people. And if you even just take, you know, five minutes and look around, you'll see somebody differently, right? So it's taking that awareness, taking that mindfulness that you spoke about, you know, that causes you to not react, taking that mindfulness and let's all infusing that throughout the rest of our day about the ways that we can be present, the ways that we can show up, the ways that we see people then, you know, differently. And I really think that you, you do such a good job of just embodying that, that you don't even realize how it just kind of bounces off spending time with you. You see that interaction. And then that makes me want to do it more, even though you're not telling me it, I'm just watching you. And so I really just, I think that again, that's back to the positive energy. And if we can all get, get kind of to a place where what we're doing is embodying some of these things, embodying our authentic selves and who we are and what we want and go put that magic out into the world a little bit too, you know? Yes. I think that that's what we're supposed to do. You know, I think I tell the story all the time now about the diamond, you know, the diamond starts off as nothing, just a rock you know, but once it goes through the fire and gets put under the pressure, then it comes out and it just shines and people don't have to understand your shine. It's not for them to understand, but you just know that one day it's going to come, you know, through everything that you've gone through. And I'm saying this to you personally, my friend, through everything that you've gone through, like people are not going to understand your shine, but girl, you shine anyway, you shine brighter because you deserve that. And, and I, in my heart, like, I know where we were, you know, I know what we've gone through, but now I just look at us and I'm like, <laughs> we've almost made it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, almost, you know, right. We're getting there. Yeah. You, you know, future so bright. We have to wear shades. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many people that probably prayed on our downfall because they didn't understand us, but we kept with it. And, and that's what it's about, you know, being whole and and standing for what you believe in and knowing that you're okay like I'm good you know mm -hmm. and and I just think that that's just so important so I hope that you keep taking this message because I meet so many people that are not whole every day and and I use your story and your book as a way to encourage them into being whole and I want you to know that you know because it's very powerful and oftentimes we're too busy to stop and tell people because, oh, she knows I like it or she knows. But I want you to know that that has been an avenue that I have been able to help so many people get through. And I know that that's what your heart wants because I can see your heart. I can feel it. And so just keep with it. Keep going. You know, we got we got stuff to do, girl. We got stuff to do. Now you made me cry. 
yeah. But you're right. We do have, we have stuff to do. We do. And so I um, am just so excited that you took the time to be here with me today because you are so busy doing all of the things to help other people. So where, where can we find you? I'm going to link your bio and your um, everything in the show notes, of course, but do you have anything coming up or anything you want to promote or where, you know, tell people about where we can reach you? Um, definitely. They can reach me on Facebook. Um, a professional page is uh, backslash Melody Graves. Also have my website that I'm working on. It's melody at melodygraves.com. That should be up hopefully within the next month. Um, find me on uh, YouTube. Go look at my channel. Watch my TED talk back from February. It was amazing. I'm still trying to get views on that. Um, reach out to me, inbox me. If you need anything from me, all you got to do is ask me and I will move hell or high water to make sure that I provide whatever it is. Sometimes it's just a positive word. Sometimes it's a resource, but I'm determined to make sure that every interaction that I have is one that's memorable. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of good memories with you. So I think that you mission accomplished there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again for your time, Melody. I'm so grateful that you were here today. I, I can't wait to hear the feedback from today's show because I know that there's so many people who need to hear these messages. So thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Here are a few thoughts as I look back on this episode. There are so many things that bring you down in life, especially if you suffer with depression. You have to set healthy boundaries to create change that you need in your life to move forward. Racial battle fatigue and mental fatigue are real. Know that you are worthy and important enough to take care of yourself in order to help other people. Knowing your worth is something we need to work on every day. You have to have the inner voice that says no matter the day, no matter the situation or circumstance, you are worthy. At the end of the day, it comes down to you saving yourself and coming up out of the darkness. Love yourself first, because once you have a strong relationship with yourself, everyone else in your life that supports you is like icing on the cake. What happened to George Floyd sparked so much fire to fight for justice with Black Lives in America. Look outside and lead with passion to cultivate change. Coming together and healing together is what comes after you love yourself first because you've cleared the mental space to take on the next level. We can all go back and thank someone who inspired us. Telling them about the transformation that they helped contribute to is one of the biggest compliments you can give someone. I hope you loved this episode and I'm excited to share another episode with you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.